0: education and some adjective to be named later the homestarmy proudly presents trekwest5 a conglomerate podcast of science fiction politics humor and pretty much whatever else they want to talk about your hosts for Trek trekwest5 are joey and peter good evening and welcome to podcast 177 i am peter and i am joey uh yeah, you're doing the new uh, the new way. The upbeat Joey. Yeah, upbeat Joey. He doesn't last very long. <laughs> but at least you get to hear him for a second or two. Um uh so we took a week off. Uh after Joey promptly said uh, how he was uh so relieved, we took a week off. <laughs> uh but the uh the that week f- off was scheduled well in advance. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um here's the thing. I forgot, I goofed up. We were supposed to record Razor. So I'm just throwing this out here right at the beginning. We are gonna record uh on the uh I don't know if you call it a mini series, it's just two episodes basically of Razor. Um that tell the story of the Pegasus and how it came to be. It's a pretty good story. Um I I kind of yeah, it it definitely should have been done before we got into this. But it's okay. We'll come back to it. It'll be a little disjointed, but whatever. Um let's see here. We are I think going to record next week. Yes. Then we're off a week because of me. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I've got. uh, I've I've mentioned in the past. I have a uh, um, a service auction, and so that service auction is happening the Friday, November the first, which is two weeks from tonight. And so I'll be far too busy to uh, to be able to um, record a podcast. So uh, that's where we stand with things. Uh, So. I mention that because I'm ridiculously late in sending out emails, so <laughs> if you're interested in you know keeping up, we'll, you know, wh- whatever. Um, let's see. Anything from you, Joey? No. Nope. You know, no Adventures in Republican that you want to cover? I know it was a while ago you mentioned, you're like, oh, yeah. I was supposed to cover something, but I don't remember what it was. And... I think all the drama's passed for now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's see here. Facebook find of the week, okay, hands down is going to go to what Fishhead posted up. Now, did you follow that link that I sent you? When today at work, I I Jew that you sent me, one. and it was whatever you're doing. Stop it right now and go to this link.
1: Didn't even get that I
0: am okay. It was it was um, a bluegrass band, I think, is the way you term it.
1: Oh oh oh. The banjo guys playing the...
0: Okay, they're not banjo guys. Okay. Because there was more than... I don't even think there was a banjo in there. One guy (laughs) uh, had uh, a violin. One guy had a cello. One guy... But it was the Metallica thing. It was Metallica. Enter Sandman as done in a bluegrass style. And it was was phenomenal. Absolutely fantastic. It combined my love of... Metallica, and my love of... Bluegrass? Bluegrass! <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know I was a huge fan of it, but apparently I am, or at least a combination of such. No, it's not true. Um, the, who was the, the big band this last year? Um, Mumford and Sons.
1: Never heard anything by them.
0: Yeah. Um, they, they won some awards or whatnot for album of the year, uh, but they have that same kind of twangy folk Type of music, which is what this was. It was just phenomenal to hear these guys do it, and they did it so well. I think that the the artists of Metallica, if they heard that, would think, wow, that was well done. They would appreciate it from an artistic perspective.
1: Now, I do want to mention here that I did go back and watch Bat Dad.
0: Yeah, (laughs) what did you think? That was pretty funny. It was awesome. I don't know how he kept scaring his wife. I I
1: I thought the best part was how she—you could tell she was fed (laughs) up with this (laughs) when he's like Jennifer. She's like, "What? Would you stop it already?"
0: (laughs) It's pretty good. It was so funny. Um, no,
1: it looked actually like, in at least some of those scenes, that the scene maybe had been shot with a different different things going on, and he inserted himself after the fact. I don't no, know if you caught that. The, no. light, the lighting was kind of weird on some of them.
0: No, I I trust this guy. Okay. There's something okay. about him, a certain je ne sais quoi, <laughs> as the, the Spanish say, uh, that really sells actually, I me. I think that's German. Oh, it could be wrong. could be wrong. It's Germanic tongue, such a beautiful language. Um, okay, so we don't have well, I should probably double check and see if we have a brainy's nook of darkness. He hadn't sent anything in and as I stated earlier, I was ridiculously slow in sending the email out to everyone. Um, so I don't think there's a brainy's nook.' Um, come on update one, two, three update. okay no, don't have anything there. Um, so I guess we're going to go to our list. Okay. And this week's list is top five animated characters. Toughy. It was. And I didn't, I picked it off the list because I was like, yeah, okay, I could probably do that really quick, <laughs> which was stupid because was such a rich background of it's, animated yeah. characters to choose from. I feel like I've short, uh, I've shorted this list.
1: Given it short shrift perhaps?
0: No. No, I did not do any of those things, <laughs> but um, I do have my list okay so i'm I'm prepared to go with it it's I feel pretty confident with it, but I would have there's so many other great animated yeah. stuff from from my past that i I didn't even bother to consider, and I feel bad about that.
1: Well, go ahead and hit us with your list pete
0: okay um let's see. I didn't put an order to this, so all right um let's say number f- Five is going to be, um, uh, and you helped me with this one. I hadn't <laughs> thought about this, but once you stated a certain character, I was like, "Oh wow, yeah, that's hot,
1: going on my list." Hot
0: chicks, yeah. Um, the nurse from Animaniacs. Okay. Uh, she is hello nurse. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, I don't have
1: any Animaniacs characters on here. Wow, that's tragic.
0: I mean, the if. I don't know if we've ever had a list of animated cartoons.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to go back and look. I mean,
0: because Animaniacs would certainly make my list. Uh, Number five or four, let's give to Scrooge McDuck.
1: Okay. I saw that one coming somewhere on your list. Yeah.
0: Uh, Just formative years of my life. Um, Scrooge McDuck. Loved it. I I would still watch DuckTales to this day. Um, number 3 is going to go to Bugs Bunny. Okay. Uh because just going for the cachet there. Mary Melodies um and the I guess Warner Brothers all of that stuff was just fantastic. Um oh, I'm suddenly remembering Hanna-Barbera. There were so many great <laughs> Oh jeez. Now oh, I just I just feel bad now. Um let's see here. Number 2 I'm going to give to He-Man. As a little kid, you know, watching He-Man. I introduced my children to He-Man
1: last week.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. How did that go?
1: Uh, Beth didn't care for it, oh. as you can imagine. I'm surprised. JJ thought it was the greatest thing ever. He's like, Dad, swords and guns. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm like,
0: you know what? You've nailed it, son. You've absolutely nailed it. (laughs) Um, Okay, my number one is going to go to Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe, a real American hero. uh, Just because I love that character so very much.
1: Yeah, how do I not have any G.I. Joe on here either?
0: Yeah, um, we did this list a disservice. We did. Um, I do have a list from Listener M. Okay. And so I uh, okay. His email starts off with a paragraph that I can't read. Okay, but let me just say, Mark, I agree with you. You're right. It was a, that is a great paragraph. Um, <laughs> I just have to leave it at that. Um, his second paragraph is, "When are you going to watch the episode Razor?" I and think you answered that. Yeah, we did. We did answer that. Why don't you listen to us sometimes, Mark? Um, and He followed it up with, why do you both hate Ensign Roe so much? I think it's because she's so terrible. I'd have to go with because she's just not good. Yeah. Okay, his top (laughs) five. Number five, the banana splits. An awesome theme that really gets stuck in your head. I don't know the banana splits. I don't either. No clue who they are. Number four... James P. Sully Sullivan, okay, uh, which is from Monsters Inc. Number three, Bender, okay, which is odd. Bender. What a what a character Bender is. Number two, Daffy Duck. Mel Blanc is the best voice actor, the man of a thousand voices. That's right. Mel Blanc did so many different yeah. character voices. Um, Never a huge Daffy Duck fan. Like He was okay. If a Daffy Duck cartoon came on, I I watched it, but that's just because I was lazy. (laughs) Uh, And number one, not sure where this is coming from, but Captain Kirk. Was there
1: there a Star Trek cartoon?
0: There was. I think it only went like one season. Uh, John's probably screaming right now. Um but uh I, I guess I guess that counts. Okay. If he was animated there, then you know that counts. Sure. So all right, Mark, thanks very much for the list. It was very, very good. Um Joey, what's your list? Okay, I've got a few
1: honorable mentions here. Uh first one is Gidget from Chippendale's Rescue Rangers.
0: Oh, sure.
1: Yeah. The next one is Lion-O.
0: From who who the, knew that a, a, a squirrel, a little chipmunk... She was a mouse, actually. ...mouse could manage to look so attractive? I know. It made me think I was a furry for a long time. <laughs> Before there was even such a thing. You thought oh, I don't you know. Were. It may
1: have been a thing back then, too. <laughs> it's possible you and I just didn't know about it yet. <laughs> uh, next honorable mention is Lion-O. This is from the 2011 reboot. Of Thundercats, which I thought was tragically underserved They had a, a very complex story Beautifully done artwork uh, I, I wanted to see that go somewhere Unfortunately, it was it was cancelled Before it's time uh, The next honorable mention is Eeyore From the Disney rendition of Winnie the Pooh Okay And then my last honorable mention is Baloo From the Jungle Book, not from the Tailspin cartoon mm, Okay Okay Getting into my list proper, number five, Fenton Crackshell and or Gizmo Duck. <laughs> love this uh, this guy. You know his hapless attempts to please Scrooge, just and the fact that you know our relationship and you love Scrooge and I like Fenton just fits. I think <laughs> just fits. <laughs> uh, number four is Missus Brisby from The Secret of Nim. Sure. I know it had nothing to do with the novel. Like they changed lots of things, uh, but I always loved this story of a mother who's willing to face just seemingly insurmountable odds for the love of her children.
0: Right. Ha- have you read that book with your yes. kids? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm currently reading it with my nieces. Okay. So we're in like one chapter. Oh. Okay. Cool. Maybe two chapters. I don't remember. I think they'll enjoy it. Oh, I'm sure they will. Uh, I I. I do love that. There's a story.
1: Well, so first of all, this movie gives us Don Bluth. It's his directorial debut. So, you know, thanks for that. Don Bluth was awesome. Did some great work. But uh, there's there's a great story about how they, like, as they were getting ready to go to release, they found out that Whammo was not going to allow them to use the name Mrs. Frisbee in the Rats of Nim. They're or they're not going to allow to use the character's name, Mrs. Frisbee. They were threatening to sue, and so they actually had a sound engineer that had to go back through all the recorded audio and find Bs, uh huh, and cut them back over top of the Fs every time they said the character's name. Oh man, <laughs> that's painful. Some of the actors they had come back in and and re-record the lines, but some of the actors were not available, and so the sound engineer actually had to go back in and audio fix this. Uh, what a, what a job! <laughs> yeah, that would be terrible. I'd hate that. Uh, number three, I'm going to give to Anne Marie from All Dogs Go to Heaven. Never saw that movie. Oh, I, I I think you would enjoy it. You should watch it. It's it's actually a very good musical.
0: Yeah, I've heard that. Like it's just not. It's not a real happy ending. It's not not a terribly yeah. Okay. I remember that coming out in in the '90s sometime. And I just remember thinking, oh, it doesn't even look interesting. It looks like the Aristocats. <laughs> uh, the artwork was, you know, it was blue style artwork. But the, the story, it,
1: it, I, I would see this very easily being done as a Broadway musical. I mean, it was the story, the evolution, the, the, you know, the ebb and flow of the story, the music that was written, all very conducive to that style, if, you know, if you're into Broadway musicals. Uh, number two is Basil of Baker Street. Until the BBC, this is the character from the Great Mouse Detective. Disney's The Great Mouse Detective. Until the BBC's recent rendition of Sherlock, this was my favorite version of mm-hmm. Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Loved that little mouse. Uh, and then my number one is Katara, the the teenage girl from Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh, all right, all right. Uh, just you know her character arc plus the the wonderfully written story. And the art style all combined together that, to give her my the tip of the hat for my favorite character.
0: Okay, that's a good list. Uh, it's a very that much broader than than I had uh, for my list. I think I stayed pretty yeah. I can't safe, believe I didn't give home. any
1: didn't give Snake Eyes an honorable mention. Wow. Yeah.
0: Um. Okay. So let's uh, let's do Joey's culture corner. Okay, the culture corner this week is Steel
1: Heart by Brandon Sanderson. This is a uh, a novel of Kind of a post-apocalyptic Earth, so there was some event uh, that's never fully described in the in the text of the book. He's leaving it for later novels that created superpowered people here on Earth. The only problem is using your superpowers makes you evil, more or less. So there mm-hmm. are no good superheroes; they're all bad. Uh, the only people who manage to have superpowers and not be bad at the ones who refuse to use their superpowers. And the, the story is of one guy who's, he's basically Superman. I mean, like they describe him in full detail. It's Superman. No question. His name is Steelheart in the, in the book. And he's super evil because he's got so many powers, so much power that he's always using. He's an evil guy. One of the interesting things about the superheroes in these, in this book is Every superhero has some kind of weakness, some Achilles heel that completely strips them of all their superpowers. But most people don't know what any given superhero's Achilles heel is. The, the novel starts with the, the coming out party, if you will, of Steelheart as he kills hundreds of people in a bank. The only person who survives his initial attack is an 8-year-old boy whose father shot a pistol that grazed Steelheart's cheek and cut him and he sa- so he says I've seen Steelheart bleed and then Steelheart immediately killed his father and killed everyone else in the area so that no one would figure out why he was able to be hurt in that case except for he he manages somehow to overlook the child and so the child grows up his whole life planning every moment he's going to kill steelheart. He doesn't know what steelheart's weakness is, but he knows there is one and it's somewhere he figures somewhere locked in my memory is the secret to how to kill steelheart. There is a, a group of humans called the reckoners that basically make it their job to go around the world and kill off super super villains. And the problem is that they only kill the weak ones because mm-hmm. they can't kill the stronger ones nobody you know they're just not there's not enough of them it's only like four or five people and so this kid's secret plan is you know as he makes this plan for 10 years he's planning every single day finding out different epics we well, they call them epics not superpowers finding every epic's weakness that he can and and recording all these events he's planning he wants to go to the reckoners and tell them I want to join you I can help you kill steelheart and bring down finally do a meaningful you know death of of an epic here, and so he does he meets the meets the recorders and convinces them to let him join them and the rest i mean that's all in like like in the first ten fifteen pages the rest of the novel is the arc of getting ready to and then taking down the character of steelheart um the The funny thing is as I read the book, it really seemed more like and and maybe it's the the timing of when I was reading it, but it really seemed more like a a novel on how to do revolution <laughs> when <laughs> when our government has gotten so corrupt that it can't possibly be stopped.
0: Okay.
1: Um. So that I, I, as I read it, that was the big idea I came away with. But it, it might that might also have been affected by the whole government shutdown mess that was going on at the time. I'm not sure, but that that to me was what I got out of it as the big idea did enjoy the book looking forward to the sequel there'll be at least two more books in the series um i have to say the you know typically sandersonian plot twist pretty transparent i think from the beginning of the book uh i you know i i wasn't surprised by any of the events in fact i actually had a, a f- i was fairly close to Knowing what Steelheart's weakness was just from the description of the initial scene. Like you could if I had if I described to you what I thought it was and you read the book and you found out what it actually was, you'd go, yeah, yeah, it's kinda the same thing. Not exactly. I didn't have it word for word, but I conceptually was in the right
0: ballpark. Regardless, I give it a thumb up. It was enjoyable. Okay. Um it's sounds interesting. Does does the little kid manage to kill Steel Steelheart? Or is that not resolved by the end of the book? It is resolved by the end of the book. Okay, so the little kid dies at the end. Well, the kid is 18 now, not little anymore. <laughs> oh, barely, barely of legal adult age. <laughs> um, Can't buy alcohol. Uh, does not alcohol
1: die at the end of the book.
0: Steelheart does die. Okay, so we'll have to see what happens to Steelheart. Um, he could die, he could live. We don't know. Moving on to episodes, we are going to cover episodes one through two of Battlestar Galactica season four. And we'll start with episode one, He That Believeth In Me. Kara is back, but can she be trusted? Also, the Gaius
1: as Jesus side plot continues to develop. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So Uh, I need to put this right up front because I promised my wife I would. She told me a week ago or two weeks ago. I don't think Kara's a Cylon, and the really the opening sequence seems to indicate Kara is not a Cylon. Oh, really? Dede thought that. Yeah, she's like, no, she's not a Cylon. I don't think she. I don't think that's what she. What this means? So there's something else going on here. And I said, I, you know what? I don't know at this point.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> now you posted something uh, to to the <laughs> Facebook wall. Um, that, uh, basically said, uh, Ron Moore is my Con Noonian song. Yes. Uh, basically indicating this. This is, I Ron! hate this man. <laughs> um, and that was after watching the first episode, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you were frustrated with him Here, here's, or here's like, he's just how, toying with you. Yeah, here's
1: how bad. Things have gotten for me in this series now. <laughs> I I fast forward through the flash ahead because I can't even tell an episode in advance what's going to happen. So all that stuff is just noise now because I can't – like <laughs> I used to be able to look at it and I actually, you know for the most part, could interpret some kind of sense of the coming episode out of it. <laughs> Watched this one, and I'm like, yep, got no idea. None of that made any sense. I have no idea what's going to
0: happen. I'm just going to have to sit here and endure. <laughs> uh, I believe we just call that enjoyment. <laughs> that's what, that's that, what that, everyone else calls that's it. That's what everyone else calls it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Starbuck is back, but nobody believes her. Um, her ship's in pretty good shape. That's kind of oh. cool. brand new (laughs) pristine shape not a scratch on it as we'll come to find out um pretty cool battle scene that's going on but one of the coolest things for me is this i I, we can't call it a flashback but i guess a hallucination by colonel ty oh yeah as he shoots Adama adama in the eye right in the eye yeah I don't care how many times I watch that, I still gasp, but like <gasps> what did you just do?
1: See I th- again, <laughs> this just shows how backwards this episode has got me because I went, Yep, okay, my is dead. <laughs> and then they revealed that it was a, uh, it was like a dream kind He's of like a like, day. Ty, Ty, wake up, man. I I'm need like, yep, you okay, here. Okay, it was a dream. I, I d- <laughs> just have to take the punches as they come now. <laughs> I am staggering on my feet.
0: <laughs> it was so cool to to watch him do that and i it was i mean that's brings us right back to um where boomer was when she shot him yeah, yeah. just completely normal pulls out the gun boom um intense i I have
1: to say Tyrrell handles it the best out of the four, yeah. Yeah, he seems to have himself put together. Yep, he just kind of mans up a little bit, says, okay, you know what? That may be what I quote-unquote am, but it's not who I
0: choose to be. Yes. I'm just going to get through this. Right, which is, you know, thanks to Ty kind of helping to give him that focus, he actually holds on to that so much better yeah. than everybody else. Um Anders is totally out of sorts. He's up there flying around in the battle and can't shoot anything. Um there the battle there is massive casualties, like we're watching ships blow up, yeah six hundred people die in one shot right um it it's yeah insane watching it was a cool space battle it was um then all of the readers leave at once as after Anders is scanned yep um so. Everything kind of closes down there. They all go away and the fleet's like, okay, that was weird. Everyone, uh, let's, let's, you know, get ourselves back in shape. But during that, Gaius is secreted away, sort of, to his new hiding spot with his followers. And we see what I have got to think is one of the creepiest shrines ever made to oneself. Now, the shrine that we would make to Sandra Day O'Connor would be much better than what that was. I can only assume it's because of the shortage of materials yeah. <laughs> uh, there on Galactica. Um, uh, more about the, the creepy followers later. Um, everyone is nervous about Starbuck.
1: It's, it's and rightly that so. Starbuck can't
0: yeah. comprehend that. That's, yes. that's
1: a poorly done job.
0: I guess uh, we should speak from Starbucks' perspective, which is, she says, I've only been gone for a few hours. What's everybody's big deal? But
1: see, once the first person tells her, Andrews tells her, it's been two months, at that point, she yeah. should have
0: some patience with people. Yes, absolutely agree with you on that. But then again, Starbucks has never been <laughs> the, the person who was rational, rational, sane. stable in any degree. Um, let's see. Gaius doesn't like being trapped in his little hidey hole. Well, I mean, Um, the guy just did a stint in prison, right? (laughs) Um, there was, I thought it was hilarious. His praying scene, his initial prayer. With Six? Um. Or not that one. It was the first one that he did. So it's where
1: he's not actually praying, but he's like talking to Six.
0: And the girl comes up and she's like,
1: oh, that's so. Yes. Beautiful and the, and the camera is panning, yeah. and you
0: see the iconic, like, <laughs> tilt of the head staring up at the heavens with the hands, you know, together, uh, which you know, was laugh inducing for me. And then turns into a sex scene. Yes. Can you feel God's presence? <laughs> As she puts his hands on her boobs. Well, um, they
1: are presents from him.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just with a T at the end. Um, okay, so apparently, Starbuck went to Earth she took pictures and managed to get back. So that's her whole contention is, look, why are you guys not focusing on the right thing here, which is I can help get us to earth. Let's look at our my gun camera and we can see all of the the different markings here. Here's the the I way back. Don't
1: understand what's going on with this character.
0: <laughs> makes no sense. Um she finally admits she has no idea how she got back because things are hazy for her like her memory is not complete
1: she does sound like she mentioned saturn andromeda and a
0: comet and i'm wondering if that was Haley's comet maybe <laughs> uh, sure i mean there's lots of comets around sure, yeah uh the solar system so could be any really um although maybe there was something like as part of the scrolls of pythia that helped mm. like define the I, I just, the, the stellar I, I things meant to around go there. do
1: some research and find out if like what comet would you pass the tail of if you were heading out from Earth out of our solar system towards Andromeda Gamma 2, which is the I yeah, think but is the bi- the trinary star system that she saw.
0: The the problem is that only works if you know what time. Yeah, I know. So I hope you didn't end up doing no, that. No, I didn't. Good. I was good. like,
1: yeah, you're not you're not gonna get any good answers there.
0: No. Um so Let's see here. I have the the question: Is she? Isn't she? Um, which is the whole dance that you know the fleet is now playing. C- can this person be trusted? And I think of cor- she's dead. You think she's dead? Yeah. I don't know if she's a ghost or <laughs> what it is. Lee believes her. Lee is like one of the few. I can't. I don't know if there's anybody else. Anders kind of implies that he does, and so does. I think he wants her more than anything. I mean, because he's still the lovesick puppy dog kind of guy. He still wants this to work. He
1: that he believes. I mean, he doesn't say it, but he seems to deal with her squarely as though she can be trusted.
0: Right. And I think everybody else is in the camp of um, how can you not see this? This woman is a Cylon. Yeah. Uh, Clearly, and Commander or Admiral Adama is definitely in that camp. Yep. Uh, as he he roughs her up, I think I think it's in the next episode, not the, not this one. Um. Okay. So we have the dying kid, and the the one true God. Which, I mean they they have this ridiculous quote in here, which is, in my opinion, a logical fallacy. Um, in that one of the people's like, oh, as Guy starts to teach them about the one true God, you know, from that prayer earlier, uh-huh. you know, he was actually starting to begin to preach the one true God, not many gods. Right. And so all of his followers are kind of latching on to that and saying, oh, save my son. Can the one true God do this? If he can't, then how could the one true God be real? As though that is the one thing that proves the one true God exists, which I have a problem with even in my religion People who would suggest, oh, if this one thing, if this criteria that I put on it is true, then, then it therefore must be or it must not be. And I think that's a bad idea. Anybody who's out there who's a religious person, don't do that sort of thing. Um, anyway, we cut away to... The uh To six. And I can't remember if she's on... No, she's got to be on the Cylon ships right now. Because then she says, I can feel no. the final five this close. This is Rosalind oh, that's right. six right. in prison
1: and saying, are the final five in the fleet? And she's like, yeah, they're close. I can feel it.
0: So, this is one of the areas that I have a problem with the series. Okay. Which is and it's it's really about okay this is clear evidence they hadn't planned this through very well okay this had not been a plan from the beginning because if that were the case why couldn't she have felt the cylons earlier okay if i may put on the you're going to ap- defend the, this the, the, the you're going to try and defend this socks here for a while okay
1: go ahead uh before this the final 5 or at least these final 4 we were not aware that they were Cylons. And that switch flipping on in their brain could potentially be what allows Six to feel their presence.
0: Okay. So then the question I have is how did or who did the flipping of the switch? Obviously, the last one. The one we don't know. The one we don't know. Okay. So there's the one who's kind of maybe pulling the strings, yes. like the Oz behind the curtain, sort of, yeah, so yeah. to speak. Okay. Believable enough for me. Um, let's see here. No one believes me, which duh, Starbuck. What <laughs> what a surprise no one believes you there.
1: I I, I love they have this conversation uh where it's Rosalind and Adama, and then <laughs> for some reason it's it's Tori, Ty, Tyrrell, and Anders are all in the room. Uh-huh. And Adama makes the comment. There could be Cylons right here, and we wouldn't know it not until <laughs> they put a bullet in our brains. And they all kind of look at each other <laughs> guiltily. <laughs> I thought that was funny.
0: <laughs> I missed that line, but I I, I just that's thought it was really funny. funny. Like,
1: like, why would you have all four? I, like, I could see Ty and Tori. That makes sense because they're the you know they're the chief uh-huh. advisors. But why are Tyrell and Anders
0: there if nothing other than to make that line so funny? <laughs> Um, let's see here. Starbucks says we're going the wrong way. So we apparently have this plan where we, we've plotted this course based off of the, you know, the, the stuff that we've seen out in space. And so we're doing this along a certain pattern and Starbuck is saying, okay, we're going the wrong way and we'll get to see this more in the next episode. But she says, I can't describe why it's just a feeling that I have. And each time we jump away, I lose a little bit of it. Yeah,
1: she talks about like being able to hear a sound or feel a ripple. Mm. There's a couple different metaphors that she uses. Um, you know, you were talking about the the whole thing with the sun and the healing of the sun and the one true God. Yeah. Uh, there was something else in there, or maybe, maybe it's just a different angle on the same conversation you were having that bothered me, which was... The woman brings her son in and, and she makes the statement that if Gaius can't heal her son, then the one true God must not want my son to live. And I just, no, I don't. Yeah, the, the word for word, she says. Then the one true God doesn't want my son to live. When Gaius asks her, what, what if what if he doesn't get healed? She said, "Well, then, the one true God doesn't want my son to live." So her her logical process is, "Well, look, either this miracle is going to happen, or my son was supposed to die. It was it was foreordained. He- heaven has decreed it's time for my son to die." And I, I just think it's ridiculous to try for a human to try and put structures around God that way, around his decision-making process. You know what? We don't know the reasons things happen and don't happen. We shouldn't try to pretend that we do. It's a terrible world. Lots of bad things happen to lots of good people. That has nothing to do with whether or not God exists one way or the other.
0: Another good remark about God. Yep, I can fully support that. Okay, Lee is having a conversation with his dad. And he basically says that he needs to move on. Yeah, he's retiring. I think this is one of the biggest loads of crap that we have to deal with more recently. Okay. Because... Where is he gonna go? What is he gonna do? And I know he talks about how his options—you know—he's gonna go into the, you know, the the government, the government and, and help out with Zarek. But I think that this is a cop out. I I just maybe I can't. Art, it's clear I can't articulate this very well. <laughs> but for me, this is one of the biggest foul ups that they have done with the character of Lee Adama. Maybe you could argue, "Hey, he's following his heart, which is what the character of Adon- uh, Lee has done through Since the we through first the met him. yes." But I think it's it's a bad move. It's it isn't really what that character is. I think it's a stupid move. Even if that is the case, I think Lee is running from himself. Somehow, he doesn't know what he is or wants to be. But I think it's absolutely ridiculous for one of the best pilots that they have in the fleet to say, oh, you know, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off and uh, yeah, I'm going to go be in the government now. You know, I, I'm going to go do this thing that we really actually don't need Kay. at all. I see your point. I see what you're trying
1: to say. Uh, I may raise my eyebrows by going ahead and s- answering you with, I think, Lee, ultimately. I think Lee's a coward. Oh. Huh. And I think that this is his cowardice, and it, not not that he's afraid to go out and put his life on the line, but that he is unwilling to put his life into the day in day out duty and service. the 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 part of being a soldier that was always so hard for Lee was follow orders, do what you're told, get in line, and Do it day in, day out. Don't, you know, don't be hot, don't run hot and cold. Don't be high on being a pilot one day and the next day, you know, struggling to even, you know, get the motivation to go out and fly kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's his, it's, it's that whole, the difference between, you know, what, it's very easy sometimes in your mind to think, I would go and I would die for this cause, but dedicating your life to the cause is a completely different thing and requires a different degree of commitment and a different level of confidence, and I don't think he has that at the end of the day. Hmm. And I think it's consistent with what we've seen from this character in the way he approaches his marriage, in the way he approaches his job as the CAG, in the way he approached his role as a captain. He just doesn't stick to anything.
0: Yeah, I can absolutely get behind every bit of what you just said there. I like the way you put that. So. Uh, I guess uh, this just in, we all hate Apollo now. <laughs> Still hate Starbuck too. Um, I, Lee does
1: make one comment in this conversation that I, I liked that the writers put this in. Okay. Where he says, about if the, my brother had yes. climbed out of that cockpit, would it matter that he was a Cylon and that he always had been? When all is said and done, would that change how we really feel about him? I think it's clear for Admiral Adama, yes, yes it would. For Lee, it would not. Hmm. I think we see that
0: dynamic evolve in their interaction with Starbuck. Um, yeah, and even uh the Anders and um Starbuck conversation <laughs> at the end, where she's She's like, I'd put a bullet right between your eyes if you were a Cylon. Right. <laughs> and how he manages to keep a straight face and not go oh, 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 oh would you? Well, I'm I'm definitely not a Cylon um i I really enjoyed that quote that was, that was good um let's see here. Gaius prays vocally to the one true God okay. and offers himself up on the sacrificial plate okay
1: so there there's two different events here that are so closely connected that I have trouble I don't know his prayer uh-huh seems and maybe it's just because culturally. That's not how I would normally expect to see it done. But it seems like it's very fake and done for show and done to impress his followers. He's like, hey, you know what? This kid's going to die. I'm going to make this big dramatic presentation Mm -hmm. of my public prayer for the child. Please take me instead of him. Zero actual intent in it. Uh Uh-huh. Gaius ultimately doesn't want to live at this point. I think he's had a death wish for a while. Like, he's too much of a coward to take his own life. Really? But he wants to die. And so, when they get in that bathroom scene and the guy's got the razor to his throat, and Six is like, Would you really give your life for this boy? He's like, Oh, yeah, you know, here's an excuse to end it all. Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. I totally disagree. I don't think he's sincere. I think it's more a, a wish. To end his own okay. suffering than it is a wish to save that child's life. I was
0: I was with you on everything up until the the bathroom scene. Okay. That, that bathroom scene changes it for him. That's Interesting. he was disingenuine disingenuous when he was praying over the boy. It was for show. It was the typical Gaius Baltar. Yeah. Okay, let's position myself really well here. <laughs> let's let's make this uh, look good for me. And then in the the bathroom you think that in the
1: bathroom he he actually converted. He
0: finally figured it out when Six tells him, hey, you just offered yourself up to the one true God. Did you really mean that to save this boy? And he realizes there is something beyond himself. This doesn't fix Gaius at all. This does not redeem. No No one should believe this redeems Gaius. But he finally figures things out and that you think that's genuine uh, i do okay that that i feel he as i said as i
1: said when i started my comment i I have so much trouble because that scene is so close on the heels of Mm. what seems an obvious show that i just i don't know if it's just because i'm so sickened by what he just did that i just can't buy into what he's doing here or if i just I, i just don't think i fundamentally believe that Gaius is a
0: is a that there's anything good left on this. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, thankfully, crazy lady is there to save him. Yeah, <laughs> as she b- manages to beat down the the two big guys, and once one once the second guy is down, she just keeps pummeling she
1: keeps him. Pummeling him, doesn't she?
0: Blood everywhere on her. That w- that was the second
1: chuckle in an episode that had me pretty frustrated for an hour. Uh, at least they got two good laughs out of it
0: it was intense she's you know taking him back to the their safety place and she, no one seems to be reacting oddly to this woman who's covered in blood spatter <laughs> and they're like oh look derek has been healed he's better you saved him gaius and that cements the messiah figure that is gaius baltar problem um and then of course we have uh uh the 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 bullet uh, between your eyes with anders and starbuck starbuck says you know what i'm i'm gonna go to the the president here i'm gonna stop this makes her way down there and puts the gun in the president's hand and says if you really think i'm a cylon shoot me
1: that's the next episode
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Thank you. It comes to... Her pointing the gun at the president. Right.
1: And that's where the episode ends.
0: Thank you very much. It all blends into one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's where, that's where we end. Any other comments that I may have skipped over for you that you want to cover? I,
1: I could be wrong about this because I, I wasn't... I, I was taking notes and so I wasn't... My eyes weren't glued to the screen the whole time. But it seemed like all the fanatics are women. Is that true?
0: No, there was men in there. There
1: were male followers of Gaius. Okay. Yes.
0: It's like that's kind of weird. They're all women. Okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm just gonna go ahead and tip my hand now. This is really pretty creepy for me, because what's gonna happen is these women essentially become his harem. Okay. And it's not just that. It's gonna grow. Okay. And it seems like the women just keep getting. Better looking and better looking, <laughs> and so I, at one point, my first walk through, I thought to myself, "Where are all of these women coming from that have no inhibitions, and they're not tied down to anyone? They don't seem to have any real family together. They're uh. they haven't managed to shack up with some other guy. Like was there this?" oh there's this other ship who was just carrying around hot chicks, just a bunch of models for the the twelve <laughs> colonies that have managed to find their way to Galactica and all c- congregate around guy like a Baltar. supermodel photo shoot <laughs> ship yeah, it has to be like it's one of the it's one of the things that I just i i not sure why they did that okay but Anyway, I, I say that because it doesn't have any real sure, bearing yeah, yeah. on the, the show as a whole and the major plot. So that, that's why I, I give you that morsel. Well,
1: I appreciate that. I, although I could tell as you were sharing it that it didn't have any honest bearing <laughs> on the show. Uh,
0: we do have the email from, uh, from Mark. He says, so let me get this straight. Adama and Rosalind are supposedly following their faith to find Earth. Yet they ignore a fabulous miracle that is standing right in front of them. Granted, I would also be skeptical and wonder if Kara is a Cylon plot to destroy the fleet. But what about the fact that the Cylons retreat from a grand victory and allow humanity to survive? Also, it's good to see that Baltar has found a new purpose and found a way of life that will be fulfilling to him. How ironic is it that Baltar, the ultimate atheist, turns out to, in fact, be with the one true God? Uh, Sci-Fi 9, the opening battle scene, is too awesome. TV 6. Okay. Pete, television rating. Uh, Science fiction is awesome the the battle scene is f- super cool. I mean, yes, we do get to see that one ship blow up, but then there's this other scene where a ship like the the ship with the ring, yeah, around it. Something collides with that or maybe it's a bomb or something. Oh, it was the missiles. missiles. The missiles that were getting fired at them just come through and d- obliterate por- portions of the ring. And you think, where are they going to get the resources? <laughs> to manage to make repairs to the ships that managed to survive. Um, plus the whole Messiah thing. While it's sickening, it's still super cool for me. And then the whole is she, isn't she stuff that was done with all of the rest of the crew on board, I think was fantastic. And maybe that should be classed as a mystery. You know, what? what's this really going to be? But I give this a nine for science fiction. I thought it was stellar.
1: Yeah, I totally
0: agree with you. I also give it a 9 for science fiction. Um, Television, I'm going to give a 7. I I can understand why we should ding it, but in the end, I still really enjoyed watching this the the whole way through.
1: I'm just going to go ahead and say that my television ratings probably for the rest of this season, or at least a good chunk thereof, are going to be skewed. I know that, but I'm having a lot of trouble enjoying the show at this point. I am so frustrated with it. Like My anxiety level as I watch each episode is so high, I'm becoming a fingernail biter. I've never been a fingernail biter before, Pete, never in my life. But I'm finding myself with my hands in my mouth because I'm just I'm just trying to find some outlet for the anxiety. I'm giving this a three for television.
0: Wow. That's okay. Now you've explained it. Moving on to our next episode, six of one. The Rift and Silence Society
1: that I predicted back around the first appearance of Head Six finally <laughs> shows up. <laughs> also, Admiral Adama gives Starbuck the waste processing ship to go find Earth. <laughs>
0: A waste processing ship. Oh, okay. A waste processing ship. Okay. Um. So, uh, I like this episode, not as much as the last one. I liked it
1: better than the last one. It wasn't as frustrating. Really? Yeah.
0: That's surprising. We'll get because, to we'll get to okay. why I think okay. that, but I just I think that's surprising. Um. So, Starbuck is angry at Rosalind. Because she just won't believe her. And she claims that she isn't a Cylon. Yep. And tells her, shoot me. Yes.
1: Your enemy is right in front of you. Uh, uh, if, if you think I'm a Cylon, I'm your enemy. Shoot your enemy.
0: And she tries. And misses. Misses.
1: Or does she miss? <laughs> Perhaps it goes right through her. Because she's a ghost. <laughs>
0: Can, that can't be the case people feeling her. Didn't they had you want, her in handcuffs. Didn't you see the
1: movie Ghost where he can come and, <laughs> like, if he focuses, <laughs> he becomes corporeal?
0: Yeah, for one, like, minute portion. Well, Starbucks just better no, at no, no, it than no. he was. The movie Ghost, like, he had to inhabit somebody else's body. No, no. He, he doesn't. Do you remember he got into uh, Whoopi Goldberg's body, oh, okay. and then you have the weird like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. scene where they're they're molding clay together. But that's really Whoopi Goldberg's body that they're doing that through. Okay, you're right. Uh, brave, brave woman to have been able to go through that for anybody. Um, <laughs> I don't know why more people aren't creeped out by that from the movie Ghost. Like, honestly. Well, I'm with you, 100%. Like, it wouldn't necessarily be, I don't think, creepy for Whoopi Goldberg, because she's going to get all feely with Demi Moore. But Demi Moore's character is like, well, that's not actually my husband. That's a big leap of faith here. But no, that's still like, I should be able to see Whoopi Goldberg's character. (laughs) I'm not seeing Patrick Swayze. Anyway,
1: I digress. I totally forgot that was Patrick Swayze. Oh, yeah. I remembered it was Demi Moore and Whoopi
0: Goldberg. I'd forgotten who the guy was. (laughs) Roadhouse. (laughs) Um, So her quote is that she can feel things slipping away as she's, you know, carted off. She's still making her case that we're going the wrong way. Why won't you listen to me? I can get you to Earth. Um,. So we cut away now to the Cylon ships, and we have the return of the hybrid, which for me is fantastic. Every time I see the hybrid, I think, man, that's just so cool. As as the hybrid showed up, I thought, oh, Pete's going to really enjoy that scene. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I think it's one of the genuine, like, mystic... But, you know, computer, you know, it's it's all playing with this.
1: You know, every time they show the hybrid, all I can
0: think of is the movie Minority Report. Oh, sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can see why you'd say that. Um, let's see here. Raiders sensed the final five. And refused to fight. And they stopped their fight. And so, Cavill... Wants to lobotomize them and take away uh, their free will because he says they are just tools. Yeah. They're broken which tools. is interesting. Yes.
1: For a Cylon
0: yes. to view another Cylon that way. Right. Because originally there were no skin jobs. Right. There were just the centurions. And then, you know, I, I assume something happened along the way that they became, started to become self aware and started to produce other Cylons who could think. Because apparently that's what the, the Raiders can do. They have a mind of their own and can make their own decisions. They're not being controlled by like a hybrid, they have their own control. And so now Cavill says, no, 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 no. They are just tools. Um,. Maybe we should just do the whole Cylon Yeah, let's stuff. do the whole Cylon thing. So they basically end up having a vote.
1: A split vote.
0: A split vote, yes. Because, because
1: they box Deanna.
0: The The seventh or tie-breaking vote would is not available to them.
1: By the way, my wife was convinced that this was a Deanna and not a six. I don't know why. She's like, there's something different about that lady. It's either she put on weight or something, but she doesn't look the same. That looks more like Deanna to me. <laughs> what lady? Six, six, the Cylon Six. Oh,
0: okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Put on weight? I don't know. She, I, she's I don't think like... that woman's ever had weight on in her entire <laughs> life.
1: And I was like, something's different with her. I don't know
0: what it is, but it doesn't even look like the same actress to me anymore. Hmm. Interesting. Um, okay, so there, there's this rift, and then they're going back and forth, and Six is absolutely sickened. By the idea that Cavill is trying to take away their the free will of these uh, raiders. And it's her belief that they have a right to voice their own opinion. They may not get a vote, but that doesn't mean we get to take away their decision making. Right. Cavill, um, the PR guy and the, the, the doctor. doctor, are basically the ones who have said, Nope, we voted this way. Leoben... Six and eight and eight who are um, the boomers all vote the other way except for boomer boomer who is broken and should be boxed and she has changed her vote and that is a huge first no that has never happened where one Cylon has gone against her model the yeah what the models have all decided um. Uh, I lost my train of thought there. So, that throws everything out of balance. All of a sudden, they have the control. And so, they begin the lobotomizing. Taking away the the control or the choice that uh, that the Raiders have. And so... Six in retaliation. Six retaliates by saying, you know what, fine. I accept that. That's the decision that was made. Oh, by the way, I've taken away the inhibitor that we had on the centurions
1: which is interesting
0: in and of itself yes how did
1: the centurions allow those inhibitors to be placed on them in the first place
0: i have no idea unless that's a carryover from what the humans had originally done like some some latent piece of technology that's part of it i don't i don't know saying
1: there had to be centurions that didn't have them in order for them to make the decision to get the skin job evolutions.
0: Right. Uh-huh.
1: So why, you know, where where did this breakdown happen in silent society where now all of a sudden the skin jobs are running everything and we're gonna allow ourselves to be inhibited. Right.
0: Um, so Cavill makes a, a quote. I mean, he explicitly states it, Raiders with free will, as though this is just such a preposterous idea. They don't get a vote. They aren't allowed to to be a part of it. Essentially reaffirming that there is a caste system. That they are just merely tools and they are nothing more. Which is really what the humans had done to them. Had created them for. Is to be just a tool. And so now Cavill is becoming the very thing that he was... Or he's, you know... He's a strike against. Yeah. uh,
1: Yeah, thank you. It's really interesting because the the sixes and the twos, at least. We don't know very much about the eights other than Boomer, who in my opinion was broken, and Athena, who is broken in a good way, but still <laughs> kind of broken. Or I should say broken to the human's advantage. I don't know if that's necessarily good or bad. But uh so I'm gonna discard the eights because we just we don't have enough evidence there. But the twos and the sixes seem to be on some level seeking a higher Form of evolution for all of Cylon kind. Uh-huh. They're they're trying to get out of this death grip, locked in battle with humanity that Cylons have, ha- Cylon society has had since its inception. Whereas Cavil, and to some extent the the factions that he controls, it seems, mm-hmm. are actually so human that they cannot get over their grudge. And so they're they're just they're they're holding on like like I said it's 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 a death lock they're they're gonna drag the entire galaxy down with them if that's what it takes to destroy all of humanity right
0: yeah good summation so she brings uh, six shows up and brings in a couple centurions who kill and well her comment uh, Cavill's like what they can't vote and her response is they're not here to vote. And then shows the little chip or thing that she yeah. took out. And she said, but I just told them what you did to the raiders. And so now they're going to make their own choice here. And they kill uh, Cavill and the, the other people who are there in the room who were responsible for this. Which A bad Boomer I, wasn't there. I don't know what this really does other than like forestall things because they're just going to get resurrected later anyway. So it doesn't... Get rid of the bad seed, so to speak, but it certainly drives the point home. My
1: question is: Did she just de-inhibit those two particular Centurions, or I don't are know. all Centurions running amok
0: now? I don't know. That's not clear to me either. Okay. Um, okay. So that is that's the Cylon storyline. Let's go to the Earthers, the humans, the the actual skin people. So Lee is taking Zarek's
1: job, filling Zarek's vacancy on the Quorum of Twelve.
0: Right. Okay. That's the position he's going to hold. Okay. Um, He was very circumspect about it in the previous episode. Which is weird because he's not actually from that planet. So how would he be able to serve in that role? uh, Zarek
1: wasn't either, was he? I thought he was.
0: I think that that was a different planet that
1: voted Zarek
0: their voice.
1: Like it, it does because essentially, seem...
0: like the planet has to put up their own representative. Like all of the people of this particular planet say, we're going to choose a representative for our planet. I, I
1: guess I just interpreted it similar to. Wait, wait, wait was he moving actually... into the congressional
0: district? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, you you pull a Hillary Rodham Clinton. Right. Where you're like, oh, I, I've been in Arkansas my whole life uh, you know, with my husband. But now we're moving to New York because there's a seat open and I can win it. Right. Um, I, I was just going to say, with respect to Lee, was he actually taking the seat? Because I don't remember. Was he taking the seat or was he just going to become an aide to Zarek to help He Zarek?
1: said, Zarek appointed me to fill his vacancy on the okay. Quorum of Twelve. I, like that. I wasn't that, paying that, that close is, attention. Whether he meant Zarek has a vacancy or whether he meant Zarek has left a vacancy by leaving isn't, isn't clear. I assume that he
0: meant Zarek vacated the seat and so well, it was open. I, 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 well, he, yes, uh, that would be the case if he was on the quorum of the 12 because he was he's the vice president right now. I don't think we've ever been told that you can't be vice president and on the quorum of 12. It seems unlikely that that would be the case, though. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because the I mean I, that's the we just
1: don't have enough information about their political structure. I didn't want tr- to assume. true
0: enough, but I would imagine, you know, the vice president speaks for in our system, the executive branch, the the quorum of twelve kind of seem like they would be the quote unquote Congress or, or senators, so they would be, you know, Could not be. not the body that represents the whole people, but just that individual planet or Could group be right. of people. Who knows? Um, so let's see here, blah, blah, blah. Um, Adama and Starbuck have a conversation. Um, and I think that's when he's there in the cell with her. Yeah. And she starts mouthing off to him. So he grabs her, tackles her, throws her to the ground. And, you know, she almost reverts back to old Kara but she's still petitioning and saying, hey, you're going the wrong way. We're losing. Every time you jump, I'm losing a little bit more. You've got to turn around and go back. You've, you've got to let me try and take us to Earth. She's not dropping it. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Oh, a farewell to Apollo. Apollo. Who ends up being a real party downer, as he's taking the shots? Is like, hey, to the to the crew, yeah. Oh, to uh, the Galactica, yeah. To the crew again, yeah. To those people who are now dead.
1: Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that it's like, the, come on, the retirement ceremony in Battlestar Galactica apparently requires drinking large quantities of antifreeze. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: just absinthe. <laughs> they they have some absinthe there. <laughs> it was pretty neon, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, let's see here. Tori and Gaius and head Gaius. See, oh, now, gosh. this is the part where I thought you would have wanted to pull your hair out. This I was like, is the point where I gave up on the show
1: entirely. <laughs> I kid you not, Pete. This is the point where I said, I, I threw in the metaphorical towel. I said, you know what? nothing's ever going to make sense. It's just, <laughs> I try. In fact, I paused it. I was so, <laughs> so angry. The minute he sees that head Gaius, I paused it and I just put my head in my hands. And of course, Didi's Dee sitting on the couch watching next to me and she, I look up and she's like worried, right? <laughs> and she says, I'm sorry that this is so terrible for you. <sighs> Do you want me to go look it up and tell you what happens? I'm like, no, that wasn't the deal. But I've just decided this is lost season six all over again. Just accept it now. None of it's ever going to make sense. Just throw in the towel. Quit trying to make sense out of the show.
0: I'm glad you're finally taking John's advice. Stop trying to make sense of this because you really can't. They're not trying to make sense of this. Flying by the seat of their pants. Um, I like the head. Gaius shows up here. I like not make any sense. I like that Gaius is suddenly like thrown off by this. Wait, who's this other entity that's here in my head? Um, and he begins to to help him deal with this person because well, Gaius helps at him first get Tori in bed. Yeah, well, at, <laughs> at first Gaius was like, "You're clearly a spy here. What are you doing this?" And you know, Tori continues to play it, Um and he says, um. You know she's broken. She's she's really uh, a you know a difficult uh, being. You know she's having a hard time. Handle her with care. And his response is, "Oh, I'd love to," um, which I laughed out you know hysterically that he he says this because you know it's still creepy, Gaius. Yeah. Maybe he has gotten a little bit better in that last episode, but it's still creepy Gaius who's out for his own aims and goals, which is... Self-gratification. To make Gaius Baltar feel good. (laughs) And he ends up doing that. Uh, Let's see here. I thought it was interesting
1: that the the head Gaius, unlike the head six, who always kind of seem to have some metaphysical reason for being there, the head Gaius really only seems to be
0: there to help Gaius... Get a girl on the side. <laughs> um, you don't think that he's helping him, that somehow Head Gaius sees this as uh, a way of helping Gaius? I have no idea. Okay. Not even going to try and no, make sense. I'm, not. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just finish out the Gaius and Tori thing here. Um, they uh, So they finally get together. He, he manages to, you know, corral her enough and, and get her into the sack. Anyway, she manages, she's entrenching herself with Gaius, getting Gaius to the point that, you know, she's going to, I don't know if be able to control is the way, right way of saying it, but is essentially in Gaius's camp. Um. So we have Admiral Atheist. <laughs> that was a great line, wasn't it? <laughs> And Rosalind, as they are going back and forth at each other, she's basically saying, "Boy, you're hitting that stuff pretty hard lately, you know." And you know they're nagging each other back and forth like an old married couple. I want to hear
1: Admiral Atheist
0: admit miracles can happen. The 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 best quote for me, which you know we've heard in various forms before on other shows, but is, "You can stay in the room, but get out of my head." Yeah. Um, as a person who doesn't like getting psychoanalyzed because, I mean, he's the guy who's in charge. No one's dare going to to say something like that to the Admiral. But sure enough, President Rosalind can, and he doesn't like it, Yeah, does not appreciate it in, in the slightest. Um, Lee's leaving the ship. Yes.
1: It's at this point that I have to ask myself, at uh, what? Event or point in history of American culture did military honor and
0: bagpipes become inseparably <laughs> connected? <laughs> well, remember that that tune, the bagpipes, uh-huh. is what Bear has been using with Lee throughout the series. Okay, he's been using it's almost as though that's his, that's his instrument. Theme. Um, I I've heard it a number of times with relationship to the character of Okay. Uh But you are correct in that, you know, at, at the military stuff, bagpipes still kind of are an accepted thing. And I think it's because we can all agree bagpipe, bagpipes are so very cool. And they're amazing. I'm not
1: disagreeing with that, um, but you know there are other very cool instruments out
0: there. The theremin. We should start to all military (laughs) awards should be done with a theremin. (laughs) That would be so terrible. Um, So anyway, that's a nice goodbye to Lee, and you know his comment. Getting divorced. Is, is that- I don't know if there's an actual divorce that happens, you know, legally a divorce, but it's basically they've officially separated. Because he makes They're the comment, not together. looks like you got the house. Yes. Yeah, which is a funny statement. Here's my next question. So, why are they still clapping? So he's gone through this line, he's shaking a few people's hands. He's there. He's gotten this, uh, you know, this nice little plaque with from his wife, which by the way was square, not octagon. octagon. <laughs> um and you know, he's having this moment with her and he's still hugging her and he's hugging his dad and why are they still clapping? Cuz nobody they just ever knows wondered? when to stop. I just thought it was silly. Like the reality of this is they would have stopped clapping after he started to go through and shake everybody's hands. It would have been started to disperse a yeah, little bit, yeah. and you know, that, that would be it. Become a general mingle.
1: Yes. Why were they still <laughs> clapping? Uh, I do Bugged have to say, me. it seemed like Lee got the salute correct. I don't know if you noticed that, but <laughs> he, I mean, it was at the edge of the eyebrow. He had the hand shape right. He had Who the was it that line. was complaining? Was that Mark? I can't
0: remember who it was. Uh, no, no, no. It was Duke. It was Duke. I'll have to ask uh, Sean if he, uh, if he saw that and approved of that salute. I mean, it was a very crisp snap up there, too. Um, but that's – he. well, okay. Anyway, uh, that's the end of the episode. Uh, we do have uh, a listener – There is one other line that okay. I wanted to mention. Gaius makes the comment,
1: Cylons can't feel. And Tori says, do you really believe that? And he says, yes. Which is interesting because he's in love with the Cylon, but he doesn't believe she can love him back. Say that again. Gaius says Uh Cylons can't feel. Tori says, do you really believe that? Yes, absolutely. I I spent time with them.
0: They're not capable of feeling. No, I think that's the other way around. I think he was saying to her, oh, absolutely they feel. I've been with one of them. They can feel. He's the one who said Cylons can't feel. I don't remember that the way you remember Mm. that. Okay. Let's not talk about it. Okay. Let's sit here quietly. Okay, we're done sitting here quietly. (laughs) What you don't know is that we cut out an hour of audio right there. Yes. (laughs) It was meaningful. Um, So Mark says this. It's taken a while, but Admiral Adama is finally allowing faith into his life. It's too bad that he is using that faith to follow after Kara Thrace. Oh, I forgot to mention, they give Kara the ship and she can, you know, uh, go and choose her crew and and fly off. Um, And it's all going to be kept hush-hush. Yep. Um, He continues, the person who wants nothing more than the destruction uh, of the human race. (laughs) Sci-fi said, well, that's maybe not that totally fair. He no. Did, he didn't I,
1: even say silent, he said person.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um sci-fi seven TV seven. Have a great week, Mark. Now, in the meantime, we have received some additional emails. Right. I have not proofread these yet. Okay. Uh so let's just do them now. Okay. Um Oh, uh this is from Mark. He said, Hey guys, you might like the summation of the shutdown. I'm sure that this is I know Mark's personal political leanings, uh, so I feel like this is going to make fun of the Democrats. We'll go ahead and play this now. Let's Maybe, maybe we'll cut this. I don't know. Okay. We're we're not going to continue to listen to that. Let's <laughs> take like a couple minutes long. Uh, anyway, Mark, thank you. Joey and I will take a listen to that. I'm yeah. sure we will get some enjoyment. We'll not put that into the podcast. Uh, JD sent in an email oh, hey. of his top five. Great. So, number five is Obi-Wan Kenobi, Clone Wars 2007-2013 to 2013, uh, series. Okay. Number four, Yosemite Sam Darn Tootin. <laughs> I don't know of a lot of people that really like Yosemite Sam or would put him on a list as oh, a favorite. favorite. Yeah, That's interesting that he has him there. Um, number three, Woody and Buzz Lightyear. They're a duo, so they, they fit together. Number two, this is surprising. Donald Duck. Hmm. I just don't know how Donald Duck gets chosen above some other people either. Yeah, this is JD. Yeah. JD, you are a really weird guy. <laughs> well, I, We like you. I think I actually like Donald better than Daffy, though. Um, Donald is iconic. So is Daffy. That's, let's be fair. But Donald, I just can't understand. It's so difficult to understand the character of Donald. And I don't think that there is as much there as there is with Daffy. Okay. is a broader role to play. Uh, number one is going to go to Afro Samurai, mm. voiced by Samuel L. Jackson. Hell yeah. Uh, I have no idea who Afro Samurai is. It's
1: a cartoon called Afro Samurai.
0: Oh. He's and, the star. And Samuel L. Jackson is the voice yeah. I see. Okay, well JD, thanks very much for sending that in. Uh I'm glad you were able to make it in under the wire, so to speak. Um so that's uh that's all I have for listener comments. Sci fi rating, Joey. Uh
1: sci fi it you know, it's a five. It probably should be higher because of head Gaius, but I gave it a five. I just didn't see that much science fiction in this particular episode.
0: Uh that really surprises me. Um, I think that it's an eight. Uh, because yeah, head guys, that's pretty cool. That's a curveball all of a sudden, because that's not happened before. Uh plus the whole Cylon culture is changing drastically. Where the, when we saw the Cylons from the very beginning of the series, they were a cohesive, unified group. They are splintering apart now to the degree that one is just trying to assume control mm-hmm. and drastically change how everything is set up. They don't get a voice. They are just tools. They aren't allowed to do this. We're going to shut them down. I mean, even as far back as you know, his decision to box Deanna is, you know, that that's that's pretty powerful stuff. I think. Um, so that's why I give it an eight. Uh, TV, I gave it a five. It was better than the last episode, but not great. Um, I was kind of on the fence with whether or not to give this a seven or not. Um, I think I'm gonna give it a seven, and it's because of like the Roslyn and President Adama scene. I
1: didn't find that particularly enjoyable to
0: watch. It was kind of funny line. There was
1: one funny line
0: in it, but um, I felt like it really accurately portrayed hmm. two people in power who can't push each other push the other person around okay you know they are both their own person and they they can't put up the facade at all they don't get to to do that like they would with anybody else and tell them to just go away Uh, they have to deal with what the other person has to say I, I found it compelling
1: Well, that brings us to the end of another podcast. We hope that you've been inspired to take a deeper look at your entertainment choices and discuss it with friends, family, or just a couple of complete strangers you only know from the internet. As always, we invite your comments to our email at trekwest5 at thehomestarmie.com. You can tweet Pete at TrekWest 5, or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 801-508-4242. So until next time, I am Joey. And I am Peter. And we thank you for listening.